Sitting hard by the banks of the Tennessee River is 107,000-seat Neyland Stadium, home of the Tennessee Volunteers. And a festive atmosphere has surrounded the stadium all day as Vols fans gear up for their annual showdown with the Florida Gators. And we look back on dear old Rocky Top. They're the defending conference champs, and we're the defending Citrus Bowl champs. So uh, sort of a little reversal from years past. September 19, 1998. Doug Johnson is the quarterback on third and ten. Four wide receivers spread the field. Johnson toward the goal line incomplete. He threw short of Travis Taylor. The Collins Cooper, who converted earlier the only attempt of the season by Florida. From 32 yards, that kick is no good! Tennessee wins! for the time. Snap is back. Pressure fires it. Incomplete! Casey Clawson. What a job he did. Managing the offense, keeping his composure, and Philip Fulmer, the monkey, is off his back. If you want to know who we are, it's on the logos of our caps. We're mountaineers, the volunteers. With a tie that rolls or Seminoles With a hurdle on steel In trouble in the backfield, wants to throw it out, he's gonna go deep And I mean deep, and I mean touchdown Florida! Tyree Cleveland in a miracle finish A Hail Mary that's full of grace for the Gators Wherever you listen throughout the world It's football time in Tennessee Tony Aguilini with your Gator gear on. Tony, how the hell are you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm excited. How are you guys? Uh, What's up, man? The same. Uh, Florida State's not playing once again. I'm not sure if this is football season or not. We haven't played in a month. But uh, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still excited and uh, happy to report to everybody that Nick Saban has gotten the coronavirus twice and yet will not miss a single game. So... Uh, <laughs> take that 2020 <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's gonna that, go he's gonna go for the uh, hat trick for the sec championship game cleared <laughs> by that elite alabama medical staff exactly the, by easily easily by game time of the sec title game he will be fine <laughs> uh let's go ahead and dive into tennessee florida that's the game on a lot of people's minds here in the southeast uh, Gator fans and Vols fans alike. I know the, the Vols 
I mean, I started jotting down some interesting notes. Um, first of all, I didn't realize that the series went all the way back to 1916. Tennessee won the first 10 of them. And what I'm about to tell you is going to make me even more impressive. Florida leads the series 29 to 20. So when you think about that, that means Florida's won 29 of the last 39 outings uh, dating back to, I guess, after the 1953 season. They played 10 times from from 16 to 53, and, and, and Tennessee won all four. And then one thing I did not know, Tony, is that they had met in Florida and Tennessee's met in Jacksonville twice. Once in the 69 Gator Bowl, and then there was another game that that was just designated for Jacksonville. I don't know if they were doing renovations on the Gator Stadium or what, but I, I did see that uh, see that that little note 1969 that they met in the Gator Bowl, which is odd for for two conference teams to meet in the Gator Bowl. But uh, that's that's interesting to me. And then when Florida wins in 91 that essentially sent them to their first real conference title not the one that had the asterisk on it because of the the charlie pell era uh but yeah but annually they've been meeting since since 92 because of the divisions right yeah i I love the history behind it i I think it's uh i think it's fun there's always been a lot of uh, parallels between Florida and Tennessee, some coach swapping and, and stuff like that. And, and the, that 69 game um, here in the Gator Bowl, uh, Ray Graves was the Florida coach through the 60s, Coach Spurrier. Um, and then uh, that Reeves to Alvarez, that year that they just did an SEC story on, that was uh, their freshman year was that 1969 year. And uh, they – for whatever reason, they moved Graves to athletic director. It was Stephen O'Connell's idea, and it was really stupid. Doug Dickey at the time was at Tennessee running this quote-unquote fancy wishbone that would totally catch on, and uh, which is neat. And all the offense worked uh, at other schools, but Florida was set up with one of our one of our greatest quarterbacks in history in Reeves, one of our best receivers ever in Alvarez, and um, Doug Dickey watered that all down and, and made us run the wishbone through the seventies. But, uh, basically Dickey coached that game for Tennessee. And like two days later, he was, um, Florida's coach and the, the players weren't happy. They, they really loved coach Graves who passed away a few years ago. Dickey still lives, I think in Atlantic beach or out in Ponte Vedra and really good golfer. I think he's like 80 or so. And he's still shooting in the low eighties, uh, high seventies shoots his age all the time. We see it in the, uh, in the golf section, but, uh, yeah, you're right. It's kind of a it's kind of my generation's rivalry exclusively, just because um, you know since I've been around in Florida and Tennessee did a home and home in '84 uh, and '85. Florida went up there in '84 and won, and then and then won here in Gainesville. And, and I remember being a hundred thousand degrees that day in '85, back when we had turf too. But uh, yeah, the '90 and '91 games just happened because that was that was the way it was in the rotation. And then, like you said, when we went to divisions, it became an annual thing in '92. Yeah, I. Um, I became invested in the 90s because I just moved to Tennessee. I think I moved to Tennessee in 1990. So as you can imagine, a Florida State fan moving up to Tennessee in 1990, I was surrounded by volunteer fans, and all they gave a crap about was the, uh, the Alabama game. Mm-hmm. And, then, and and I would just say, get back to me. You know, I, I, can't, I can't get invested in this rivalry. I really don't care about it. 
Um, I started kind of pulling for Tennessee just because I noticed a lot of Alabama fans in middle Tennessee that couldn't, couldn't quite pick it on, out on the map. And I was like, okay, so what the hell's going on here? <laughs> well, my grandfather was an Alabama fan. Well, I bet he was because that was Bear Bryant's era, right? So um, when Florida went into their division in 92 and it, it started the year before 91, that kind of started the rivalry. And an interesting note for people who don't remember this this far back, the first eight SEC championship games came from the winner of this game. Yeah. So it was a big deal in the 90s. Tennessee was a very good program in the 90s. Florida was a very good program in the 90s. And Florida has has dipped out here and there, but that was pretty much Tennessee's uh that was their heyday. They've had a couple of decent seasons outside of that, but they have not been on a national stage for about 20 years or so. Yeah. And I think the 90, the 92 game is the only one where <clears throat> Florida lost to Tennessee, but still won, won the division. Tennessee kind of uh, fell apart towards the end of the year. They lost to South Carolina the same day that, that we beat Georgia, which would send us to Atlanta. Um, the, I, I remember. And then um, they, and then the only other December game, Tennessee upset Florida in the swamp, and that was because of nine eleven punted the game back several yeah, months. Yeah, that's a that's a that'd be a top three uh, top three bad loss for me. I always uh, that that was a that was a terrible uh, mm -hmm. terrible. Uh, <laughs> is is <laughs> that a buzzer? I don't know what that sound effect. I that's think, funny. It's not, I think it's, it's not from my side. I, I think I got buzzed I for think, uh, talking. I think that's. Me. I think Matt Carr gets. Uh, uh, text messages every morning and he forgets yeah. to put his phone on silent. That's funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, so I, I remember you know, watching on TV. We, we went up, we, we didn't go to the game. But I don't it, mean like, to cut you TV. off, but, but it did sound like, like a bus, like rolling by, yeah. you know, cheering on your losses. Blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, that one game was, uh, that, that's still a tough one. kind of cost us the trip to the Rose Bowl. And, and what I was, I think we talked about a couple weeks ago, what made it worse is Tennessee absolutely choked the next week against LSU in the second half. And um, honestly, I, I was listening to a, a Tennessee podcast the other day, and they don't think that program has been the same since the second half of that uh, LSU game back in back in 2001. Um, it it, it hasn't. It I mean, I mean yeah. if you think about, look, they can lie to themselves, but I tell Tennessee fans all the time, Tennessee is my second favorite college football team, okay? But I don't have the emotional investment that I do for Florida State. But I, st I still like to see them win, and when they lose, I'm like, oh, man. I think a lot of it's nostalgia. If, if they get back to winning, it's going to remind me of, you know, quote-unquote, the good old days. The, the 90s was my favorite decade of sports because I'm a Braves fan, I'm a Florida State fan. Tennessee was rolling, too. It, it was a great decade for sports. But if Tennessee ever gets – if they ever want to get back, so when they actually say they're back, and me and Carr joke about this all the time, we're back, baby, we're back. You got to start winning this rivalry on the regular. It can't be. They've won one game in 15 years. One. That's, in, that, in that game, we were up by 21 points at halftime. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think, you know, Tennessee's had a slew of problems. Part of it is they haven't. You know they haven't had that superstar quarterback in in forever, and and even some of the you know that um, was it Clawson I think in 01. like he yes. was you know he was he was just okay. He wasn't like he was like an elite. He wasn't the reason that they did well. You know one they, of they many Clawsons. <laughs> yeah, they, they beat us because Travis Stevens ran for you know like 260 yards and and all of it in the second half it seemed like, but 
Um, you know, you go through the quarterbacks they had in the 90s with like Andy Kelly and, and Heath Schuler and obviously Peyton Manning and, um, you know, Manning Heath. left. But, you know, T. Martin was the one that ended up winning winning them the national championship. And, and Tennessee was also so good at, you know, there's only so much talent in the state of Tennessee football-wise. Um, so Tennessee did such a great job of recruiting the Carolinas and Georgia. When they, and when they were at their top, they were dominating Georgia recruiting. Mm-hmm. And then when Mark yeah. Rick came to Georgia, it was if you think about it, it's all at the same time. Mark Rick came to Georgia and turned Georgia around. They still have never been a national champion in, in, in this new era. But he started making them relevant and elite, so to speak. He did it by getting the recruits to stay in Georgia, and that's and that's where it changed. Mark Rick came to Georgia in 2000, and that was the beginning of the decline of the Tennessee Volunteers. Is never they've got to start getting recruits in Georgia. It's just it's mm-hmm. it's that simple because the state of Tennessee is mediocre high school football at best. Right, and so you've got to go into Tennessee. Excuse me, you got to go into Georgia. You got to go into Florida. You got to go further south or. Or you get some kind of weird pipeline into Texas or California and start bringing that talent in. Yeah, those those rosters that had like you know the, the Al Wilsons and Leonard Little and Raynott Thompson and, and all those guys. I don't I don't think any of those guys are from Tennessee. I think Little was from either North Carolina or South Carolina, and I think so was so was Al Wilson. And quarterbacks, you got to recruit those nationally anyway. Those those can come wherever because they're so elite. Quarterbacks are so few. And far between, unless you you know stumble on a two star that that really works out, but that's that's super rare. And then I think too, you know, with 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 Pruitt, I think he's you know Pruitt's okay, I guess. I still still don't know why they why they hired Jim Cheney, um, you know, this year and felt like they stole something from Georgia. I think most Georgia fans I know were kind of happy to see him move move along. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. I I don't mind dominating the rivalry. I, I, I certainly wouldn't complain about that. But man, those those games in the '90s where the lead up was basically eight months before, and it was you know the, the third Saturday in September, and right. both teams were top three and all that stuff. I, I, I do miss that part. I, the the '95 game still, you know, that's a top three favorite game ever at the Swamp for me. It was that game was unbelievable. That's the one where Tennessee was up thirty to thirteen, and we score before halftime, and then score on every possession in the second half, and that was ridiculous, but they've, you know, the, it, it was back and forth for a while. The, the 90 game, they beat the crap out of us 45 to three. And I, it was like seven, three at halftime, Tennessee ran the opening kickoff back in the second half. And then you know, did a little trick play with Carl Pickens and a, I think a tight end threw a touchdown pass to Pickens for like 80 yards and they blew us out. We got them back in 91 and then um, they blocked a couple punts in 92 uh, to win that one. And after that, it's been mostly Florida. Okay, Carr, uh, this rivalry, obviously, uh, Florida has, has dominated. You've li- you live in the state of Tennessee. Is there still that buzz this week? Hey, we're playing Florida, or has it been – well, I, you might be a not, not be a good person to a- answer because I don't know. I ten- left the house in a week. I'm not sure if Tennessee fans actually talk to you, but <laughs> do you hear it around you? <laughs> Not as much this year, man, just because of all the social distancing uh, and not getting out much. Uh, but, like, I'm from East Tennessee, grew up a UT fan. Uh, and when I moved up to Middle Tennessee, I said all my friends went to UT. And I just kind of parted ways and found another team. So, I've been going for Florida since 01, I think. And uh, the third week in September is always our family reunion, and that's in East Tennessee. So, I'm the only one wearing Florida 
and insert girl, whatever old girl I brought to the reunion, always wore a Florida shirt just to piss my family off. So it was always a, the third week of September was always really, it meant a lot to me. And now December 4th or whatever today is kind of weird. Yeah. Well, uh, I think the whole season's weird, but I, it's kind of cool. I, you know, I wouldn't mind it if they pushed it back a little bit, obviously December 4th would be ridiculous because the SEC titles game is, should be being played today. Um, but so what I liked about the rivalry and what I hated about the rivalry all in one synopsis is it was the first big game of the SEC schedule every year for right. years. Mm-hmm. And so you loved it cause it got you excited about it, but then is it a fair litmus test of how both teams are playing in mid October, November? Right. So in some ways I would like to see the game push back. But then what do you replace with it on the SEC schedule? Because the SEC wants to be able to sell something on September 17th or whatever every year. Because Right. And there's not much more exciting. And, and also, you know, look, I hate, I hate to tell Tennessee fans this, but the most exciting part of it is Tennessee's an, an unknown factor going into the third game of the season. They, they've usually played – you know, Mickey Rumors, Bloomer Girls, and the and the Florida School of the Blind, and then they go and, and it gets them hype. Like right. Tennessee fans are hype, <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden, you go into October, November. The game may not be as big a deal because they might have already gotten boat raced by Georgia or Alabama's already thumped them by seventy. So <laughs> that's, I mean, that's probably why they want to keep it where it is. Well, I think right. I think too what fuels that hype machine for Tennessee every year is that you know they play play Florida in the first you know few weeks of the season and they they get Georgia um, uh, you know a few weeks later and then they get Bama and then after that you know they usually win four in a row at the end of the year where they beat Kentucky Missouri you know Vandy yeah Vandy you know and, uh, some school from the West and then um, you know, maybe they win their bowl game, maybe they don't. And then you hear about how great they are for the next eight months. And it's like, you know, rinse and repeat. repeat. And it happens. <laughs> it happens every single year. And, and, and I think we all, we, the three of us kind of knew better, but um, you know, you heard it all off season this year where, you know, Tennessee finished off, I think went in four straight. They won their first two this year. And everybody's talking about this six game winning streak. And they had a lead against Georgia in the first half. And then, you know, Georgia eventually, wore them down and won the game. And, and that's kind of where the, the tide turned. And Tennessee did beat the Indiana team that's playing pretty well um, this year, but they, you know, slept walk through two and a half quarters of that and finally woke up and realized that they're Tennessee and, and Indiana's Indiana. And, and they went ahead and, and won that game. But uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a been a mess for them. Um, like, you know, those, those first two years, the game was in 1991 before they went divisions that set up that game was in, um, like the second, it was it was two weeks before Florida Alabama, so it was a little bit later in the season, and they've moved it around a couple times to where like early October. But yeah, I, I like where it is. I, I like um, you know we play Kentucky first, so we kind of get our feet wet there in SEC play, and then and then Tennessee. But uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's like I said, I, I don't mind winning all the time against Tennessee. I, I know it shakes things up when when they win, but uh, it's it, it's become a it's become a fun one. I just wish the stakes were back to where they used to be, where they're both in the top five or top ten. One of the things I think Tennessee could do to help uh, their their uh, being ready for it is they usually play a non-conference game that's usually pretty decent, and then they play yeah. a, a a nobody. Right? Um, I think I think they should 
so just so they can focus on the Florida game, play the nobody obviously right before, but like the 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 beginning of the season, maybe start off with a Vanderbilt, maybe get that thing out of the way, a game that you think that you can traditionally win, uh, kind of like the way Florida has with Kentucky, because you get SEC play in, but you, but you can <clears throat> you're not focusing on them solely the entire summer. You you, you can still. In other words, if Florida started off every year as opposed to Kentucky, if their first SEC game was Georgia, right, or if it was uh, LSU, that would be all your focus going into into September. Tennessee needs a needs a game that kind of wakes them up because, in hell, sometimes you see them play a nobody and then a bye week and then Florida, and then when that happens, right. it's like, have you even had a litmus test? Yeah, yeah. In the old days, they'd go play like UCLA. I remember. I'd- Neither ninety five or ninety six when they had Manning, they went out to the Rose Bowl and and beat UCLA. And actually, I, I think it was Manning's freshman year where Colquitt got hurt against UCLA, and then it ended up being um, Helton for a little bit against us. Todd Helton who ended up having a really good baseball career, and then um, Manning moved up from third third string to second string, and then ultimately ended up uh, you know playing against us. But I think Brandon yeah, there was, was one on there was one year. I don't remember what season it was, but it was in that is in that wheelhouse around the the ninety six ninety seven ish, where Florida State started off with Southern Cal and Tennessee started off with UCLA on the same day because we had yeah. this, we had this big kegger, and I can't tell people what the banner said, but you can use your imagination. Bleep California party is what it was, uh, <laughs> and uh, huge kegger and the. I think the Tennessee game was the early game. I'm almost positive. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, th- I think they kicked off at like 3.30 Eastern, and then Florida State Southern Cal was, was right after that. And of course, everyone got blotto. But, that, but I mean, that, that, that was the height of college football for me because all those games were relevant. It was exciting. And I do wish Florida would play more out-of-conference games. Uh, just like Especially one- this year. Just any well, any co- out of conference game that they could add to their schedule, so, so that it's it's more exciting. I've I've said it for years. If I was a Gator fan, I'd be bored to tears every year because yeah, they, they outside finally, of the conference schedule, you have Florida State, and then the, usually the other three are, are just trash. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. We we actually have an AD now that's a little bit forward thinking on the schedule thing. So there's there's some stuff set up with uh, Texas, and we go to Utah, and we go to Berkeley, and we go to Arizona State, and. When does that NC, start, though? I, was like, I think NC State's on there. Um, like a decade. I think we got now? Miami in a couple of years. I think one. I think the first one of all that might be like 2024. I think I'd have to. I'd have to look it up. It's a. There's a book so far in advance, and Strickland's only been the AD for a few years. It is absurd that Miami and Florida do not play yeah, no. here. It, I, I'm with you there. They I, I'm, every I'm, year. It's it's funny the it's the older Gator fans. Don't want to play Miami. I feel like we're doing them a big favor by playing them every year and selling out the stadium down there and all that kind of stuff. But um, my age group, I, I got enough Miami fans, and, and Miami's been good for so long. I wish we did play them every year. I think the, the years where we play them, it's a lot more fun, and that game's always the first or second game of the year. Back in the day, we used to we used to finish with Miami and FSU a long, long time ago, um, or start the season with both of them and, and knock them both. Uh, you know, knock those two games out early, but no, I, I'm with you, man. I'm, I would be all for playing Miami every season. Yeah. I last, think last off season was so much more fun because we had that Miami game started. It was, yeah, exactly. I, I thought it was a great idea because they 
played it a week before everybody else. So that that was a great idea. Uh, yeah, it's it's just funny. The older fan base hates Miami so much that they think Florida's doing this big favor by playing them. But really, like you're taking away a but you, but a you fun help, game on the schedule. But you help your recruiting in South Florida, which you've never been able mm-hmm. to crack into because of obvious reasons. You're you're never right. down there. Florida State gets Miami players all the time because they're down there playing them. I just think I don't I don't know. I just think it would be better for the state to have all three playing every single year yep. as opposed to this exclusive exclusivity where it's only Florida State and yep. playing Florida and Florida State playing Miami every year. It just yep. it feels Absolutely. weird. Absolutely with you there. Um anyone smelling an upset today? In this game, no. Yeah. No. No. Uh, I think I I, I, I always worry about this game every year, like I told you yesterday, just because it's a SEC game and it's usually the first. It's just a, a big game, just especially with Florida being top top five. I think it stays closer than seventeen, but I think Florida wins it pretty handily. Yeah, I think the the recipe for Tennessee winning is uh, run the damn ball, and, and really, it's um, if they can get over two hundred yards rushing, um, you know, they they've got a shot. Because if you're doing that similar to what, what Kentucky did in the first half last year or last week, which is why Mullen was so ticked was they're, you know, they're, you make, you can make them pretty one dimensional, even with, you know, if Bailey's quarterback at, at Tennessee, I, I think they're really, they're going to, like you said yesterday, Mac, they're either going to screen us to death on passing plays to get him comfortable, or they're going to do a lot of running between the tackles and, and teams have shown you can have success against Florida doing so. But if you're able to run the ball, you keep the ball out of Trask's hands. And I think we only touched the ball like three or four times in the, um, first half last week, and, and especially if you don't count that punt return. So that's the recipe for Tennessee to keep it close and, and ultimately pull an upset in the end. I don't necessarily see it. I do see it being a pretty good game uh, into the third quarter. Um, maybe we can uh, – If Tennessee wins this game, that I, two for one. I think two things have to happen. First of all, Gray and Chandler have to be the MVPs for Tennessee. It can't be mm-hmm. whatever quarterback they decide to go with for the duration of the game, whether it's Garantano, whether it's Bailey, I don't care. They're, they're not going to pass their way through because there's just too many mistakes constantly made. So they're going to have to run the ball. And, you know, obviously screen passes to me is, is a glorified run. Bubble screen is a glorified run. And then the other thing is a couple of years ago when they played up in Knoxville, Tennessee, Florida was supposed to be close and Florida blew them out. But one of the reasons why it was such a blowout was because the first half, it was turnover after turnover after turnover. And then even goofy things went the right way for, for Florida, right? That has to happen for Tennessee because when you are the much less team, you can't go head to head. I think they have to have a two to three turnover advantage. They almost have to play a flawless game and not turn the ball over at all. If Tennessee turns the ball over two times, I think that it's it's out the door. They can, might be able to survive one turnover, but they means they have to get around four turnovers for Florida to do a couple things. A, maybe it stalls a couple of drives, or it immediately flips the field, right? And, and that offense doesn't have to go that long route. Trash don't throw a lot of interceptions, so it would be from our running game definitely coming to the turnover game. Yeah, but, you, but I'm saying like something goofy. He throws an interception. Interceptions aren't always the quarterback's fault. It, it, right. It's got to be something goofy. Or it's, it's a great pass. The guy catches it. He takes three or four 
uh, strides and the in the in this in the free safety just hits him just right where the ball comes flying out. Right? It's not right. You know, not every turnover is necessarily the guy's mistake. It sometimes it's just a great play by the defensive team. Not everything's bad. I think that was like the Tyler was that a Tyler Bray year I think where they came out and they had like four turnovers in the first half and I think we we scored on on all of them. There's there's been some crazy games. There's been some where they've been relatively evenly matched and I remember the, the last one Rex Grossman played in the one I think where Tennessee said we had soap on our uniforms or something like that. Tennessee all of a sudden they couldn't snap <laughs> the ball. Remember they screwed up like four snaps in a row and down in their end zone and I think uh, we ultimately recovered one but that, that was a that ended up being a blowout too but yeah it's this game um back in the day used to come down to if if you if you could run the ball for 100 yards you'd, you'd win the game for the most part and um eliminate turnovers and, and you know Manning Manning against this you know th- that 95 game I mentioned was a perfect example Manning played really played great but Drake Jay Graham fumbled three or four times and and uh you know helped fuel our big comeback but um, you're right. You got to play, you know, mistake-free football. Make us make a few mistakes, uh, and you know, maybe hit on a big player too. Which you know, you, you can do that against our secondary. Our safeties are just okay. Elam's a really good cornerback. I don't necessarily trust any of the others quite yet. And uh, I think uh, our coverage underneath, especially on running backs and tight ends, can be a liability. So the the opportunities there, if Tennessee can execute on on offense, I think the biggest thing is can Tennessee get in our way on defense. Real quick. That being said, I think Crash those for 400 yards and four touchdowns. Real quick, what's the score? Uh, I've got 31 13. I, I, I still think it's probably like a 17 13 game or, or something like that at halftime, and then we score a couple touchdowns in the second half and pull away. Carr? I, I, I went against the spread, but I'm going against it now. I'm saying 45 20, Florida. I've got, I, I think it's going to be a blowout unless what I say happens with. Being, being able to to win a huge turnover battle. So you, you can't bank on that. So I'm going to say Florida wins the game pretty handily, something like uh, 48 to 17. I just think that they're going to keep scoring and keep scoring because they want the style points. But the one caveat I'll say for Tennessee, in other years, games played in September, and there's a lot of pressure on both sides. Tennessee's playing with, with house money right now. We got Angelo joining us. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk the rest of the landscape of college football and our stupid underdog picks. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. We'll be back in a flash. Stupid interviews. Hey, you're a member of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, how does it feel? Well, uh, you know, uh, the, it's a blessing. I uh, well, thank God. I'm going to try to do my best. It's a great organization. And uh, I'll say the last 80 guys said. So, yeah. This is Sean O'Toole with the Armchair Quarterback. Catch me during drive time on the Armchair Quarterback radio show and on Facebook Live. NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, the National Football League, Big Ten, and college football, and more. We cover it all. Detroit, Michigan. Oh, yeah. Detroit. Armchair Quarterbacks Radio. We got your shelter in place right over here. Some folks are born made to wave the flag. Ooh, red, white, and blue. Big news and the big games covered in the Big Ten. 
by the armchair quarterbacks all year long. Averaging just under 38 on 44 kicks this year. Nice high kick, got a little wind under it. And it runs Howard back. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. One man. Goodbye. Hello, Heisman. Well, the ball is actually a little short of the one-yard line now. It is fourth down, the final play, unless they can stick it in the end zone. Andre Johnson, Roscoe Parrish, and Kellen Winslow, and Dorsey, under pressure, throws it! Incomplete! The Buckeyes win! They went to Hickman, and Penn State well-timed blitz. LaVar Arrington, the All-America candidate, came across. Well, it was a great athletic play by LeVar Arrington. As you see, he times his blitz very well, leaves his feet, and hits Hickman in the backfield. Big Ten football covered in the southeast by the armchair quarterbacks. Top Gun Supply stocks a wide range of firearms, so stop on by at Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16 in St. Augustine. Top Gun Supply is open 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Top Gun Supply, the friendly gun shop. Well, it's all right. When I was your age, they would say we could become cops or criminals. Today, what I'm saying is this. When you're facing a loaded gun, What's the difference? Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Find us on Facebook today. One, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball game. You play to win the game. I hate my name. It has nerd in it. Len Nerd. You know what's a cool name? Angelo. That has angel and jello in it. People could call me Angie. Yo, Angie, how's it going? There's no need to fear. Stupid. Underdog is here. Stupid. Underdog. Stupid. Underdog. Stupid. Underdog. Stupid. Underdog. Speed of lightning, roar of thunder, fighting all who love or plunder. Stupid. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. As we are getting into our stupid underdog picks. Give y'all a quick uh, update. The uh, standings look like this. So, cars pulling up the rear at 5.5. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. If this is a golf match, you'd be kicking ass. <laughs> uh, and my game got canceled last week, so I'm even doing double-double. Right. Well, that might have actually... That might actually have done you well because you'd lost the week before. So you'd be at 3.5 if they didn't cover, right? Um, the next up would be Angela at 23. Angela, didn't your game get canceled too? Yeah. yeah. Florida State, duh. Um, and then Tony's at 24. Sean is at 27. And the gods finally steered my way. Rutgers covered the spread. So I'm sitting at uh, 34 and a half. As I as I hit the Rutgers plus twelve last week, so I was pretty excited about that. That was about the only thing that went right on, on my betting weekend. Um, 
Okay, so Carr, you get first dibs. Where are you going this week? I think this game will be played. Um, I'm going Auburn over A and M. Okay, so what what is the spread you got over there? As, right? uh, I, as of right now, I got six points. Okay, Auburn. Much like much like my score in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Auburn plus six over A and M. Okay. And the next up would be Angelo. Angelo, where, where, where are you going this week? I'm going down to the beach and taking the Chanticleers over BYU. Nice. 11. Coastal Carolina to upset BYU. I like it. Any reason other than the fact they only had two days to prepare for that? or uh, I once played baseball down at the, uh, the stadium, Coastal Carolina. Beautiful campus. Loved it. So I'm picking them. Cool. And so, Tony, that goes to you. You're one point in front of uh, Angelo and uh, just a few points behind Sean. Where are you going? Uh, Coastal Carolina can kick rocks. I'm going to go with Rutgers Damn uh, over, over Penn State. And actually, I'd pick that game, I think, straight up. So you're going to take uh, Coastal, uh, excuse me, Rutgers plus 11 and a half. Against Penn State, I I was gonna double dip and take Rutgers again. I was I was like, man, if it ain't broke, uh, don't fix it. Okay, so that is going to force me to go another direction. Um, I I think I'm gonna take Indiana. They're getting 14 against Wisconsin. I'm hoping they can at least cover that spread. Uh, I do know that they're. Their their quarterbacks out for the season with the torn ACL, but the the kid that they got coming in into that game uh, actually played pretty decently. So I'm I'm just gonna roll the dice essentially and hope that they can keep it close. And they plus it kicks off at the same time as Tennessee Florida. So if that turns into an absolute just blowout, maybe I maybe I have something to pull for on on the other channel. Uh, okay, so there you have it, and then uh, I'll put those up here in a second, and then Sean can uh, give us his before kickoff. Um, okay, so we got that out of the way, stupid underdog picks, and now going forward from that, the next game that we got to get in, Carr, Carr just talked about it briefly, Texas A&M Auburn, noon kickoff. That's going to be a huge one. And this is going to, I, I, I really feel like that this is Texas A&M's last big test. So do we think that the A&M is going to go into the Plains and get a W at Auburn, Alabama? Uh, Tony, I'll start with you. Yeah, I've got Auburn in this one. I, Bo Nix is, like I said, he's just okay. Um, he's, he's awful outside of Jordan Hare, but uh, they're at home this week. Uh, I, I've, got, I've got Auburn beating A&M um, straight up. And uh, I think this, this will be a fun game. I'm kind of excited for uh, this game as the lead-in into uh, Florida, Tennessee. So what's your pick in the game? Uh, game-wise, like a, uh, 31-28, I think it's going to be fun. I think it'll come down to the last possession, and um, Bo Nick somehow pulls another one out of his rear end. 
<laughs> You're not the biggest Bo Nix fan, are you? Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's so funny to me because, you know, I, I keep saying this. If his last name was Carr, he wouldn't be playing quarterback for Alabama. But since his dad was was a half legend up there, they've, the hell they've kind of stuck with him. <laughs> Get out and of here. They've kind of stuck with him. And, you know, they Joey Gatewood hasn't done anything in Kentucky, so maybe he wasn't the guy to, to be, you know, put in there anyway. But he was a much better fit for what Malzahn wants to do in the offense than, than Nick's ever has been. So, uh, but Auburn still, I mean, they've, Schwartz is a great skill player. Uh, the Williams, the other receiver, is really good, and um, they're they're playing good defense. So we'll we'll see what uh, Mon does against that defense. Um, Mon's best game, of course, came against our secondary, which everybody's doing that. So, um, but we'll see. But I, I like Auburn in that one, like thirty-one twenty-eight. Okay, Angelo, what say you? Yeah, I agree with what you said in regards to this may be their last chance. Uh, you know, they have this game, then they host Ole Miss, and then they go to Tennessee if they win this game they have they have a pretty not smooth chance to make the playoffs but they're, they're heading towards there uh I, I think Jimbo's just going to have them ready to play I think Texas A&M is going to win the game I mean right now they're their second their best ranked team in terms of um conference standings wise in the SEC behind Bama and Florida uh, if they lose this game they they drop equal with Georgia then Auburn's only one game behind so this is this is a huge game for them um, they could drop down to fifth in the SEC standings if they lose. So um, I, I'm going to take a Texas A&M win. I think it's going to be close to, but I'm going to go with a uh, I'll go 34-31 game. Carr? Um, I think this is Gus's last chance to be a football coach at Auburn. Uh, if he don't win this game, I think he's gone because he hasn't won a key SEC game this year. I think uh, Auburn wins in a low-scoring game, like twenty-eight, twenty-one, and I and I just hope A&M gets beat. I think A&M is going to get the W. Uh, so, something tells me that A&M is going to be in the argument at the end on whether you should put them in or not. There's going to be a lot of factors. Does Florida win the SEC title game against Auburn? If that, I mean, against Alabama, if, if that happens, then it's it's a non-factor. But they're going to be one of those ones banging on the door at the end. Let me in, let me in. And some things are going to have to fall their way. But one thing that has to happen, they have to run the table. And I think that, of course, as soon as I say this, they're going to let me down. But I think that Kellen Mond's finally graduated to a consistent quarterback in, in college football. That's been his issue for the last several years. You'd see a great game, then two terrible ones. A great game, two terrible ones. He is at the end of his road here. He he's got to continue to play well because he's got to be looking towards if he's going to have any shot of his of his draft stock shooting up. So I, I'll take. I I do think it's going to be a fairly high scoring game. Uh, I'll take A and M winning something like thirty four to twenty seven, and uh, we'll move on from that one. Uh, Bama LSU tonight, not expected to be a big one, not to be supposed to be close 30 point spread. It's in LSU. It's a night game, but that doesn't mean as much as it, as it has in years past with the you know restrictions on crowds and whatnot. Tony, we'll start with you. What's your uh, quick prediction on Bama LSU? Does it even stay under the, within the point spread? I think it does. I almost took it as my my stupid underdog pick. That'd be a I, I real stupid it. one. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, LSU is trying to make do with a backup quarterback, and and ultimately he's I mean he's built like Dante Culpepper. I think he's 
uh, he can one day be good, and he's in no way prepared to play this year. And Bo Pelini's been an abjunct disaster as um, LSU's defensive coordinator. So I think Bama rolls. I don't know if they'll beat the spread or not. Uh, maybe like a, a you know thirty-eight to thirty-eight seventeen, something like that. So. Carr, what say you? Uh, Alabama forty-five-seven. Angela, I it's. It's funny because I actually I was going to take them too uh, LSU. I just think there's no shot winning, so it would just be a two pointer. Right. Uh, but I think it'll be, I think it'll be close for the for the first half, and I think Alabama pulls away. I'm going to go with a 45 to like 24 game, something like that. I just don't. First of all, I don't think LSU is going to hit the team total today. By the way, if y'all want a good one to hit, the team total for LSU is 17 and a half. I don't think they hit that. Mm-mm. Uh, I see it something like 48 to 10 Alabama. Now, maybe it's fairly close at the half, but I would be really, really sketched to go out there and try to take LSU plus 29 and a half plus three, wherever you're at. That means that I, I feel like they have to score damn near 20 points on Alabama. They're going to have to get like, it's going to have to be like a North Carolina, Florida state game where the defensive end has a pick six out of nowhere to, to be able to hit, 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 hit the points. It's just, I I don't see Alabama falling apart. Um, the next one up on the docket of interest, similar situation, heavy favorites, but on the road, night game, Clemson, Virginia Tech. Angelo, I'll start with you. What do you Shaky. see in this game? <laughs> Shaky for, for Clemson. In a regular year, I think it, they would be on upset watch, but because of everything that's gone on, a floor state pissed them off. <laughs> right. I, Everyone I think, in Clemson's way, we apologize because they just—they've <laughs> woken up a sleeping giant. Yeah, that, I, I think that too. If it was a regular year, I'd definitely have them on upset watch. But I think Clemson's going go in there. So I, I, I can see the same situation where it's going to be close. Um, Virginia Tech's going to you know hang on hopes for a little while, but ultimately Clemson's the go. I think they cover. I think it'll be something like like 48 45 game to about so i'll go 45 to 20 so clemson covers uh tony what say you oh clemson by like three touchdowns let's go uh 41 21 something like something like that car uh clemson covers i'll say 41 17 I've, I'm interested to see what Virginia Tech does at the end of this uh, at the end of this year. Fuentes has not been good at all for them, and um, if they if they want to, he should have stayed put, right? Yeah, <laughs> that, it's funny that would have that would have because he was at Memphis before, right? And then Norvell took over after him, so uh, you know who knows what happens. But uh, um, you know, Blacksburg's not too far from Lynchburg, Virginia, where Liberty is, and uh, I wonder if uh, maybe they're in play for Hugh Freeze at some but point. Two college coaches that should have stayed put a few years ago. Him and Bronco Mendenhall. Bronco Mendenhall, man, what the hell was he doing leaving BYU? Um, yeah, that's you know, I, I heard you talking about BYU yesterday. The the coach there is it's one of those places where like once you're once you're comfortable there and once you're okay with everything that, that you have to go through with, you know, the guys go on the mission trips for a year or two and all that kind of stuff. Like once you're settled in there, there's really no reason to leave. They're gonna you're going to get paid there. You're going to play a good schedule. You're going to have a good program. Guys don't leave there early for the NFL. Guys don't transfer out of BYU. So if you're a coach and you're that comfortable 
why leave? Exactly. I agree. And I do, I do hope that they end up in, in, in the pac 12 or big 12 down the road because that'd be I, fun. I would like to have a team to pull for because I don't really care about those conferences, but I've gotten to where over the last few years, especially this year, I've gotten invested into where I, re- I really like watch, watching BYU football. I don't really care about what the religious aspect is. When I, it's, it's a fun product to watch. They're a physical mm-hmm. football team. Um, the, I think, honestly, I think Clemson's going to absolutely boat race Virginia Tech. I think they should have never put this game on ABC because watching Virginia Tech's quarterback – Rough, how is he get the, the their line is 23 points for a team total how were how is virginia tech going to score 23 points on the clemson defense so i that's another one that i like on the under um text text quarterback reminds me of mathis at georgia who started the season looked terrible against arkansas and then played a little bit against us it was terrible but if mathis was throwing with the wrong hand that's what Virginia Tech's quarterback. <laughs> he looks looked like. like Hinton. I, I said this Monday. Virginia Tech's quarterback looks like Hinton, the the guy that played wide receiver, the, the wide receiver that played quarterback yeah. for the Denver Broncos on Sunday, and then right. and then he got DFA the next day. That's exactly what Virginia Tech goes into every game with that guy. Right. They, they, this is not a thirty seven grand for that game. Yeah, it, this isn't a COVID situation. This is right. a we didn't recruit well situation. Um, got a new Monday out of it. I think Clemson wins this game like fifty-two to seven. I just don't see how Virginia Tech even gets out of the hole on on this one. Um, another game that should be a blowout. Another highly ranked team that's on the road. They're heavy favorites. Fourteen point spread. I think this one has a chance to be a little closer. Miami goes to Duke. Traditionally, Duke has given Miami problems. It's a night game. Of course, the crowd's not there, but if 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 there's a slip up in Miami's schedule, this this could be it because this is a game they're probably not looking very forward to. Uh, night game in North Carolina, it's going to be cold up there. Uh, Angelo, w- w- what's the score on this one? Again, this is another one where in the normal year things would be different, I think. But I, Miami's again, I, I have I have them boat racing Duke. I have it. Uh, I don't even have it close at all. Um, not in the first half. You know, I could see a three touchdown spread after the first half. I'm gonna go with Miami 35, Duke 10. 35 to 10. And Tony, what say you? Miami hasn't played in like a, a month, it feels like. Um maybe there probably a little bit of rust there. You're um, preaching to the choir, probably- by the way. I don't even know why the hell I put this thing on today. <laughs> Should just have Miami and FSU play every play every week, but um, I, I think this one might even be a little rusty, and, and then they'll pull away late. I think they'll make it kind of ugly. So you know, let's go 35-13. Carr? Miami runs with it, goes the over 45-17. Uh, I'm going to say Miami holds on most likely, but I think it's going to be, uh, as they say, closer than the ex- experts think. Something like it'll be a, it'll be the only thing worth watching around 11 o'clock Eastern tonight. Uh, Miami pulls away at the end, but it's like 31, 21. Uh, I don't think I would take the Canes minus 14 and a half. I, I think that's a trick. Um, uh, next one up on the docket, Indiana, Wisconsin. Well, obviously I took him as my stupid underdog pick, so I'll go ahead and make the quick prediction on that one. Then go to y'all. Um, I think Indiana's got a chance to play close with Wisconsin uh, Jack Cohn is going to get the first start of the year for Wisconsin, so that's big. 
but great. It's not, not like Graham Mertz has played terrible. He's, he's had 600 yards and like eight touchdowns this year. So Jack Cohn had a people who don't follow Wisconsin football. Uh, he, he had foot surgery like October 4th or 5th, something like that. Obviously, the season started about three weeks later. He he is yet to start a game. This will be his first start. He he was supposed to be their start. And Indiana's gonna gonna go with Jack Tuttle. He's not as uh, mobile as Michael Penix, but he did do a d- decent job last week. So I'm going to say Indiana upsets this game. It's a 3:30 kickoff. I think I think ABC, but it might be Fox. Just check your local listings. Um, the uh, I'm going to say it's going to be a low scoring kind of game that Wisconsin normally plays in. And look, the over under is 44 and a half. I don't think it gets to that. I think it's going to be 17 14 Indiana. Uh, Angela, what say you? Uh, you took my score, but I, have, uh, I actually have 17 13 for Wisconsin. But it's going to be a cold one. Uh, I think it's 20 degrees. I love cold weather games. Uh, but, you know, the, the fact that Phoenix is out, I think that's going to hurt Indiana. I think if, if he was in, I would, I would have them winning this game. I don't um, this- have it in front of me, but if you're looking at the weather, does it say what it's supposed to be tomorrow? Because I saw something that I th- thought might be an error on my Yahoo app. Cause I was looking at fantasy football. Anyways, I was looking at the Green Bay game, and it said projection. I didn't know if it was like a default. It said zero degrees tomorrow in Green Bay. No, no it has it at 38. In Green Bay? Madison, yeah. Okay, f- for tomorrow. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I saw a zero. And I was like, dude, we might get a snow game. It'd be awesome. Uh, Carr, what say you in this game? Uh, I think besides the state of Indiana, you're the only one that knows about a backup quarterback from Indiana and believe in them. I've been watching them all year, man. They're, look, Florida State has stunk this year, so I've had to pick all these side girls. I mean, I might as well be a pimp. I've got so many side girls out there. But I, I've I've been watching Indiana football. I've been watching BYU. I'm probably the only one in the Southeast. They're they're probably like pulling all my information. Going, what the hell is going on with this guy? But uh, I I try I. Look, the SEC and the ACC have been kind of boring games this year, so I've I've bounced around and uh, yeah, I, I, I like the Indiana front four. Their defense is really good. That's fair enough, I, but I still have Wisconsin winning this game like thirty to ten. Whoa, twenty points. Yeah. Whoa, bucket. Uh, Tony, what say you? Well, we're big in Provo, so it's it's good that we can discuss a little BYU football here. So, um, no, I, I'm with I'm with Angelo. I think this is going to be old school Big Ten football, playing some defense. Um, so, 69, 64. No, um, let's go 21, 17. I think Wisconsin wins. Though. Look, I wouldn't be surprised if this game was six to four. Okay, like, yeah. this is this is typical. These are two good defenses. I am I am interested to see how that front four, who's been very good for Indiana, how they go up against those big hogs against uh, Wisconsin. Because Wisconsin doesn't look – there's nothing fancy about them. They're going to come at you. Um, that would be a great game, by the way, Wisconsin versus BYU. I would love to see that matchup. There's just big, ugly slamming all around. Okay, we'll go ahead and th- fly through a couple of these others before we hit the big one at the end. Um Tony, who wins the Nebraska Purdue game? America. <laughs> um, not where is it? It is. <laughs> I I believe I believe it's in in Nebraska, isn't it? Uh, I'll have to double check that real quick. 
I'll go with uh, I'll go with Nebraska. It's in, you know, it's in you Purdue. Know? It's in Purdue. Okay. New. Yeah. Let's 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 take Purdue. Um, <laughs> I, I still as bad as Nebraska is. I don't think that um, I don't think they're going to let Frost go. I think he'll get another year. Um, but uh, a name to watch, you know, Mackenzie Milton at UCF. He was their quarterback a couple years ago. He had that pretty brutal uh, leg injury a couple years ago against USF and. Um, he's just now getting the green light to maybe play. Uh, he might have been able to play this year, but probably not if they needed him. But um, Gabriel's been so good for UCF, it doesn't matter. But w- watch and see if he transfers up to Nebraska. At least he knows Scott's Frost system, and maybe he'll give them a little bit of a shot in the arm. I don't think he's a good enough quarterback to really succeed in the Big Ten, but at least maybe get them a buffer year and then. I know he's the starter immediately from what I've watched of, of Nebraska football and what yeah, I, yeah, I've watched sure. of UCF football. I think they anyone, have, well, anyone at UCF starts immediately for Nebraska. Yeah, they, they've got zero quarterback talent at, at Nebraska. Um, and like I said, he, he knows the system. I don't know how good he would do against other Big Ten teams, but um, watch for that and see maybe what happens. Maybe he ends up there and gives Frost a little bit of a shot in the arm. Uh, Matt, Oklahoma State, TCU. It's a two and a half point spread. Oklahoma State's the favorite. Who gets the W? Uh, I'm gonna say, I've, I believe in Oklahoma State all year long. I know it's it's on the road, but I think that means nothing this year. So Oklahoma State by by a touchdown. Okay, uh, Angelo, UCLA is a three point underdog to Arizona State. Who gets the W? Arizona State. Arizona State. Okay, uh, Tony, Arkansas, Missouri. I like Missouri in this one. Actually, I think this is going to be a pretty good game too. I, think I do too. Pretty, Justin pretty all week. Matched. Justin all week is convinced that Arkansas is going to win, and so, anyways, I, I'm pretty sure he's laying some money on it. I, I was, I was trying to. My my view of it is this: I think Missouri's defense at home gets the win. What say you? Yeah, and Missouri is a weird place to play. Even you know their their social distancing is kind of a normal home game for them uh, most of the time. So, um, and I think Drinkwitz has done a good job in Missouri. I think the winner of this game is probably your SEC Coach of the Year. Uh, if it doesn't go, it's not going to go to Saban, kind of like it never went to, to Donovan when he was at UF for Calipari, Kentucky. So, um, I, I think the winner of this game is probably your SEC Coach of the Year because they've, they've done a good job turning around the, the program. So. I've ne- uh, Mizzou, Mizzou, like 38-35. I think it's going to be fun. I've never been to that stadium, but it has a high school football either. field to yeah. feeling to me. When I see it I've on TV, that. every time I see Missouri, it seems like the, the fans are, are, are socially distanced. Not not in the joking way we're talking about, you know, spread apart. I'm talking about the, the stands feel like it's like the 1980s high school game. It's like, wait, it's like yeah. it, you, you almost think there's a track around the field because the stands well, are so just- far <laughs> There, I've never been. I've got plenty of friends that made the trip a few years ago, and and I have no desire to really. The only time I would why did they go on a dare or something? If Florida played at Missouri in like September, and I can go catch a Cardinals game or a Royals game on the same trip, like then maybe it becomes yeah. a little bit attractive. Um, but yeah, no, there used to be a track around it, and they never moved. A lot of the schools. You know, Ohio State way oh, back so in the day. Oh, so I was right. Have, okay. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Ohio State, Michigan, those schools back in the day used to have tracks around their stadiums too, but over time they kind of moved everything in so you don't realize that. Missouri, it's like a high school game because the stands are so far away from the playing field. The, the crowd never has an impact. It's you, you got to kind of create your own. Every time you know, I see it, there. I think of my original trips to Tallahassee when I was a kid, and they had like if, – if you were sitting other than the elite seats – they were all metal bleachers. 
mm-hmm. right? And, and it's what it looks like to me. I'm like, man, I feel like that's a Florida State game from like 1982. Of course, Bowden doing what he did got all the expansions and whatnot. But I kind of miss that because I'm telling you right now, at the time they weren't doing the tomahawk chop yet. They were doing the the Cleveland Indians wahoo woo 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 thing. Between that and stomping your feet on the metal stands, you couldn't hear yourself think in that damn place. <laughs> and then, of course, this is before PETA got involved where you can't release the, balloon, release the balloons. But, but you used to look up in the sky and you'd see the garnet and gold balloons go up in the sky at a kickoff. That was the coolest damn thing ever. They got to bring that back to hell with PETA. Uh, Carr, Georgia Tech, NC State. Georgia Tech, six and a half point favorite. I know you like NC State. Is one of your side yeah. goals? Which I'm going. With, I'm going to NC State just to piss off Casey Camp. So, NC State by a touchdown. And Angelo, South Carolina, eleven and a half point underdog at Kentucky. Do you give him a chance? No. Fair enough. Okay, we'll go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that could be one of the boringest, ugliest games of, of the entire day. Um, real quick on on my. Car, do you you got your picks today that we were supposed to do I yesterday? Got my, I, got my, I, got my, I got my computer. Okay, well, I'll go ahead and throw my picks out real quick, and, and, and then we'll jump to one big thing. Um, I like the Rutgers plus 11.5. BYU, Coastal Carolina, over under 62. I'll take the under. I think that is extraordinarily high. I believe that that is an overcorrection because of a short, short week. Uh, Indiana plus 13 and a half. I'll go ahead and take them. Arkansas, Missouri, the over under is 53 and a half. I think that is way too high. Give me the under. Conversely, AM Auburn, the over under is 48 and a half. That is way too low. They are going to score some points in that game. So give me the over on that. And then one other, uh, just because we've been talking about the game all day. I think that Florida covers the 17 and a half points on, on Tennessee. They're not going to let up. Uh, Mullen is Mullen's trying to get a, he, he's trying to get a Heisman in there and B he's, he's trying to impress. I don't think he really has to do style points cause it's all in his hand, but still that's hard to, I bet that's hard to explain to Mullen in the middle of the fourth quarter when his head's shaking around and everything and he's screaming at everybody. <laughs> no huddle, no huddle. We're up by 60. No huddle. Yeah. As, as a fan, I would, I'm fine. 17, 13, like just get the win and, and get out of there. But for style points, yeah, you don't need that. You need, you need, you need a convincing. Well, win. you don't want 17 to 13 because 17 and 13 can easily flip the other way on a turnover, right? Exactly. We want to make sure you get the W. Okay. So we always end the show here with one big thing and we will start off with uh car. Do you have your picks yet? Yeah. Okay. What you doing? So I'm going with the Auburn. Obviously I picked that uh, plus six going with that. I'm going with Navy to cover the spread versus Tulsa. I'm going with Florida to cover versus Tennessee. And I'm going with the over on the Wisconsin game. Just to prove you wrong. You know, when you take a game like Navy, I think of like the bear on ESPN game day. Like he always has three games behind him. Like one is relevant. And like, okay, we're going to go to the Sun Belt. And he'll have like 47 things. And so I started taking notes of them last year because I was like, okay, well, maybe he's on to something. 
He's not. He's always wrong on those on those little games. Like he'll get the big games every once in a while, but he's always wrong. Like why does he? I I just think it's, it's his niche. Like he wants to show you that he watches something other than the Power Five. I'm like, dude, you at least got to be consistent. Or and the, the last one I have is the under on the Illinois uh, Iowa game. What's the number on that? Fifty and a half. That's interesting because Illinois' offense sucks. Um, okay, as we go ahead to end this out, uh, Carr, what is your one big thing that's going to happen today? I say Coastal Carolina upsets uh, BYU in a, in a high-scoring game. What's the score? And I actually have a, I have a full slate of football day from 11 to about 6 o'clock. So that's the first time this year I've had that. Yeah, that 5.30 Eastern kickoff ESPNU – I can't believe I've never said that in my life. That that's the game I have circled today, the Coastal Carolina game. I'm a little surprised they haven't moved that. They should have moved that to the freaking night game, right? That'd been awesome. Clemson kick rocks. Yeah. You're gonna beat the crap out of them. We'll, we'll put you on the app. We'll put you on the you know put we'll put you on the same thing as their fantasy show is, and, and we'll see if everyone watches it. Um, that is just that was perfect setup. But anyways, Angelo, what's your one big thing that's gonna happen today? Uh, can I cheat and give you one big thing that's going to happen tomorrow? Are the Giants <laughs> going to beat the Seahawks? Giants are going to beat the Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> you should take that as your stupid underdog. I know I should, but then they're going to they're going to win and they're going to uh, extend the lead to two games in the NFC East. Are they going? So Colt McCoy is going to go into Seattle and uh, people better <laughs> recognize. Is that what you're trying to tell me? That's right. Holy right, oh, crap. Paul McCoy is still in the league. That's what yes. I saw. Like, I found out two weeks ago. <laughs> yes. That's crazy. Colt, Colt McCoy won't get through the game. Colt McCoy always gets hurt. So I don't know who the third string quarterback is. I'm pulling for the Giants. I've always pulled for them in the NFC. I wish they would go back to to their, to their the helmets that I grew up on. Those NY ones are stupid. They, Golden Tate is the third string quarterback. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe people might want to pick him up in fantasy because – Colt McCoy is going to get hammered in like midway. They, I, don't, I don't know if they fully said Jones isn't playing. They said it's doubtful. Um, and maybe if McCoy gets hurt, he might get in. But I'm just saying it's worth a shot to put Golden Tate in there because McCoy, Texas beats Alabama if McCoy doesn't get hurt, right? In the in the national championship game, McCoy's a he's he's paper mache. And wasn't the deal in that game that they he could have came back, but his dad said that he shouldn't come back in the game? Wasn't there something like that? Did he get hurt in like the first quarter? He got, he got hurt early. Very early. They had scored, and they got the ball back. I think it was on the second drive. Yeah. And I know there was a big controversy because basically, I think it was his dad that stepped in and said, I don't want him playing because he's going to go into the draft. And instantly I was like, this guy's going to be trash. There's just no way he's going to make it through the National Football League with daddy hovering over you. Right. It's like the Ball family before the Ball family even knew what the Ball family was. Tony, what's your one big thing that happens today? Uh, I, I've got my eye on the Michigan. I'm going to watch it, really, but I've got my eye on Michigan State and uh, and Ohio State. I've got my eye on it, but I ain't watching the damn thing. <laughs> Watch this game be closer than people think. I think Ohio State's got some 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 guys out with COVID that, that are in key spots. I don't think it's fields or anything like that. But 
Uh, I, I think Michigan State might hang with them in this game, might uh, get a little iffy, uh, at least into the early fourth quarter before Ohio State pulls away. I think there's a cool coaching matchup today. I was going through the schedule at Chip Kelly versus Herman Edwards at 1030, if you can stay up that late. Uh, and then the annual uh, Florida State beatdown of Florida in basketball is coming up this week, so you guys can look forward to that. Yeah, yeah. what day is that? Do you know? I think it's Wednesday. Okay. It's it's Saturday at eleven. Oh yes, right. It is Saturday this time, and and we've got a football game. And I think they updated the time yesterday. Um, let me see if I can get that before we go off here. Why put that on a Saturday? And it's at eleven a.m. Is it eleven a.m.? Okay. I mean, yeah, and that's they have cool. We don't know what time the LSU game is on that Saturday. They're not announcing those till tomorrow. So last uh, year, I feel like that game was on a Sunday. The, they they put it on. I a think so. Because yeah. I, there was something else that was on. It was a Sunday at six or four on like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I was trying to keep up with the NFL and then this was going on. I was like, okay, because Tuesday, you, you know what? We can't peel away from this is us or something. I mean, why the hell, why the hell can't I watch the, this game? And so now they're doing it on a Saturday. Unbelievable. Wasn't it, wasn't it a Monday night, like two years ago or something crazy like that? It yes. Was like a Monday yes. Night. Yes. Yes. In fact, one of the years when we were, we were doing the show live, we let into it. At the pizza joint, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it did. That was back, man. That's when we did. This year is crazy. Shows. Like uh, John Rothstein is a b basketball nut, and he's a great follow on on Twitter. And these games are getting canceled and moved. And like Florida plays Stetson tomorrow, which doesn't mean anything to anybody. Um, but you know that game could get canceled tomorrow at like nine o'clock, and Florida could play Ju at you know. 10 30 at night or something like that like basketball is ridiculously fluid all it takes is a phone call and a text message to cancel a game and then reschedule another one so this year is going to be nuts do you think it'll, it'll it'll still be that way when the conference schedules get here i hope i hope not um then you're you're kind of in your bubble like these games these non-conference games are pretty disposable like if you don't right. play one it's not the end of the world so it would it would be bad for the fan bases to not get the florida state florida game in though because that's First of all, that's always an easy win for Florida State. <laughs> I was going to say I don't, I don't, I wouldn't miss it for now. But no, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's been it's what six. I think it's be been what five or six in a row. I think uh, I, I haven't seen FSU yet. I know that the one incoming freshman is one of the best players in the country. I'm looking forward to seeing them play. I watched the North Florida game. Obviously, that's the only one that they've played so far. Uh, but it's it's so hard to get a litmus when they're playing North Florida. You know, with the Ospreys. I mean, come on. It, it was very weird watching the Duke game the other night with no fans in the stands. That was very yeah, that, awkward. Yeah, that sucked. They the college basketball is going to have to figure out a way to pan in closer because when they show <laughs> it how they how they've always done it, and you see the cardboard fans. I was talking about this the other day. You don't miss the fans in hockey. You don't miss it in baseball. You don't really miss right. it in football because the cameras are always so close on the play. They they've got to quit doing this pan out because that was always the selling point, right? Was yeah. that you know you had the fans going crazy, and you, it's it's depressing to watch that. I just I if they if they, I'll watch the Florida State Florida game. And probably anyone that Florida State plays, but outside of that, college basketball, I have it on in the background. Like I had the Florida BC game on the other night, just in the background. But it, it's it's much harder to get into than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's been tough. Every year at the start of the year, that some some basketball tournament down the Bahamas. Do y'all remember that? Like, all they do is paint it on the Yeah, so they should do it like that because they don't ever show the fans in that game or those yeah. games. Uh, uh, we're, we're not going tomorrow. I'm, I am interested, though, to see what it looks like on TV, what they're doing with Exact Tech and uh, 
how they're, I don't know what they're doing with cutouts or how they're, they're pushing bleachers back to get the benches in or, but the benches are on the camera side anyway. So I don't know, know how much we'll get to see, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it'll look different when it's your, when it's your home court versus like what Carr was saying, like when, like for Atlantis, for example, Florida um, State. those are basically played in like the lobby of a hotel room so, or a <laughs> right. hotel building. So. My one big thing is, well, I, I'll explain BYU out of it. Uh, my one big thing is that either Duke or Indiana gets a W today. I was going to say that Coastal Carolina could be one, but Duke or Indiana gets a, a W today. I just, I've got this feeling that there's going to be a major upset. I'm not crazy enough to pick Tennessee to, to pull the upset or LSU or any of the games that are supposed to be you know, full-blown blowouts, but I've just got this feeling that we're playing football in December for the first time in a long, long time, and some crazy things are going to happen. Uh, we'll do walk-offs yep. and then get the hell out of here. Tony, what's your walk-off? I was going to say real quick on Miami, I'll, you know, with the ACC announcement this week that, you know, it's just basically going to be Notre Dame and Clemson in the championship game. You know, what's left for Miami to, to play for? Um, and I, maybe that's a factor today in what you just said. Uh, Angelo, what's your walk-off? No, I think it's it's crazy because I was looking at the dock of the games, and there are some really good, historically, some good games to, uh, today. You know, if it was, I feel, a normal year and teams play to their normal expectations, it would have been one of the best week weekends in uh, this season. I mean, you look, you could go up and down, and there's just some big name game, the, the Clemson Virginia Tech one, right? I mean, that's just one. Then you have the Michigan State, Ohio State. That'd be a normal. Give me three game. games that you're definitely going to watch. I think I'm going to start to watch that Michigan Ohio State game. Um, we'll see how long it goes, but I'm going to watch that one. I'm going to watch the obviously the Coastal BYU one. Um, I like that Virginia Tech Clemson game. I'm going to watch that uh, if I'm up the UCLA uh, ASU game is a good one too. And then uh, there's another one I don't have it right in front of me. There was a, another twelve o'clock. Florida one State versus. Oh wait a minute. Uh, yeah, the, the intra squad game, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that Miami. Duke They've already canceled that this morning. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> COVID outbreak. Uh, Car, what's your walk off in three games that you're watching today? My walk off is I've been saying this a while. I think Trask finally. I think he gets the Heisman handed to him today after this game. I say this is his to win. Like uh, just separates uh, three games. Like I said, this is the first weekend in football where I have something from start to finish. I'm going to A and M Auburn game. Leading into the Florida uh, Tennessee game, and then that would probably lead me right into the BYU Coastal Carolina game. I think today is huge for the Heisman because you've got both both guys are on national TV. Mac Jones might have the upper hand because he's on the primetime slot playing LSU. I think he's going to put up big big numbers. Tony, what's three games that you're going to play, and then I'll do my uh, that you're going to watch, and then I'll do my walk off. I'd say that probably the same three that, that Matt's watching, and if I can make it to ten thirty, which is highly doubtful, uh, I'll be uh, watching that Chip Kelly Herman Edwards game. That's why I stopped at four thirty, the four thirty five thirty game. I'm going to be watching Penn State Rutgers. Uh, I'm going to be watching three thirty. I'll probably be watching the Indiana Wisconsin game. Uh, I'm going to have an eye on the on the Florida Tennessee game, but you know. I have to expect. I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not gonna watch it, but I have an eye on it. That's uh, right. And then, uh, and then the Coastal Carolina BYU game is the game for me. I'm not that excited about any of the nighttime games. 
the the nighttime oh. games are just yeah they're just they're bad they're yeah it's bad that's a bad night someone's gonna have to pull off or, or or at least get a scare of an upset in because I'm I'm looking at the at the lines right now once you get to seven thirty no line is in single digits until you get to the much later West Coast games. They, that, that UCLA game, I, I would watch it, but I'm not going to stay up until 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning to watch I mean, God, really? <laughs> and this, this football schedule tonight makes you think there's like a World Series game we don't know about or something going on. <laughs> exactly. Like, why why couldn't we get something better? I mean, seriously, ABC dropped the ball. They should have They should have put – they've already got the damn game day crew in Coastal Carolina. You couldn't put that game on at night? Uh, yeah, that'd been cool. So stupid. They think people love Clemson. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, everyone have a, a great day. Volunteers. With a tie that rolls or Seminoles. With a hurdle on Steve. One, two, is left. Throws it downfield. It is caught by Dunn. He's got the first down to the 40. Down to the 50. Down down the side. Under the 40. Down to the 30. He separates. He's to the 20. To the 10. To the 5. Touchdown, Florida State. Gators start at their own 20. Johnson lost it deep. Green is behind the defense. He's at the 35. He's at the 25. And he's tackled at the 17-yard line. Dobbs heaves it. They're bunched up in the end zone. It's tipped up. It's caught. It is caught. Jawan Jennings. Jawan Jennings. Twenty-five to the thirty. Lindsey's got thirty-five, forty. Lindsey's got forty-five, fifty, forty-five, forty. One. Lindsey. Twenty-five, twenty, fifty, ten, five. Lindsey's got. Lindsey's got. Lindsey's got. Well, I can't believe it. Ninety-two yards, and Lindsey really got in the foot race. I broke my chair. I came right through a chair. The booth came apart. The stadium. Well, the stadium fell down. Now they do have to renovate this thing. They'll have to rebuild it now. You know, this game has always been called the world's greatest cocktail party. Do you know what is going to happen here tonight? And up at St. Simons and Jekyll Island and all those places. Wildcats. Wildcats.